Hello and welcome to PFF Fantasy Football Podcast. I'm your host, Ian Hardis. Let me be the first to wish you a very happy week 12. We got Thanksgiving, best holiday of the year, in my humble opinion, around the corner. But we got some waiver wire cleanup to do. In the meantime, as always here on this Tuesday edition of the PFF Fantasy Football Podcast, I am joined by none other than PFF's own Dwayne The Rock McFarlane. Dwayne, how do you do? Man, I'm good. I'm ready. I... I, I... I love Thanksgiving food. I know it's not cool anymore. It seems like almost nobody does, but I love all of it. I love turkey. I love dressing. I love ham. I'm ready, Ian. I'm ready. But I don't. I don't eat it all year long either. I think that's what happens with some people is they eat it too often. Like this is the one time of the year I have it. I wouldn't hate having like a summer Thanksgiving like one other day because I like all this stuff too. Yeah, like, I, wouldn't mind, I wouldn't mind that either. Yeah, and you get a little bit of it like at Christmas time again because you go around, you know. <laughs> so people kind of recycle some of the. I mean, they make it new. It's not leftovers, but you know what I mean. Like, it's some, some of the same dishes get used again. Um, but several of my family members got away from it in the past. So, like, my dad just does barbecue now, which is fine because it mixes things up. But I mean, I know the workaholics guys at least celebrate half Christmas, so maybe we can get a half Thanksgiving thing going. I'm not sure what day it'd be or when, but just something to keep in mind, people. Hey, and hey, cranberry sauce, you can have that all year round. I am a fan, but as everyone knows, I have some of the worst food takes in the entire fantasy industry, so I will stay in my lane, get back to <laughs> I the I didn't schedule. know this. We'll have to touch on that another time. <laughs> oh, yeah, it's bad. I send out some hot dog pics on the Twitter, and people get angry. <laughs> With that said, we do have another uh, filled up waiver wire this week ahead of week 12. Not too many big injuries to get to, but we got the Cardinals and Chiefs on by. Obviously, plenty of players have uh, from those two highly loaded squads are going to be on some contending fantasy teams around the world. So let's get started, Dwayne, with our top five streaming quarterbacks for the week. As always, when we go over these players, I've gone through a bunch of PFF articles and some from other websites just to try to get a feel for who are the most widely discussed players on the waiver wire this week not everyone i'm naming is a recommendation per se we're trying to guide you so you can see which guys you should go after which ones maybe you should avoid so first off with these qbs looking like the top five streamers guys that are available in roughly 50 60 percent at least of fantasy leagues we got cam newton out the miami dolphins tua against the carolina panthers taylor heineke versus seattle seahawks daniel jones versus the philadelphia eagles and carson wentz versus the buccaneers Dwayne, we talked a lot about Cam already on our review pod, which everyone can find. Uh, It was posted late Sunday night. We broke down every single Sunday afternoon game. But I really think it's Cam and then everyone else. If you can get Cam right now, you are getting a quarterback that has the same sort of rushing upside that we've seen make Jalen Hurts a weekly fantasy star. And honestly, his, his arm has looked just fine as well. Better weapons than he had in New England. I think Cam deserves to be both the number one streamer and just the number one ad period as a potential low-end QB1 for the rest of the season. Beyond Cam, I think I would prioritize Carson Wentz next facing a Tampa Bay defense that we have seen force opponents to really get out of their quest to run the ball all year long. I know Jonathan Taylor is uh, built different. Might be a situation where he is able to still overcome this front, particularly if Vita Vea still remains sidelined. But I do think that Wentz, and even more so just like going up against Tom Brady in an offense that should force them to keep their foot on the gas a little bit more, I think Wentz gets back to uh, putting up some better production. He was the QB tenor better in four or five weeks before the last two Jonathan Taylor games uh, when 
wouldn't be shocked if we see Wentz again get back on track here. After Wentz, I would probably look at Taylor Heineke. He's finished as a top 12 QB in three of his last four starts. Not too impressed by this Seattle secondary. We saw what Colt McCoy was able to do to them on Sunday. And after Heineke, I got Tua against the Panthers. He has also been a top 12 QB in three of his last four starts. And then Daniel Jones. As always, we're recording this on Monday afternoon, so we're not able to see Daniel Jones play the Buccaneers at the time you're listening to this. With that said, he is finally getting the weapons healthy. We haven't seen him have a top 12 finish since week four, but at his best, he's got weapons all over the offense, and he provides us that quote-unquote Konami code rushing upside. So, Dwayne, again, Cam above all else, and then the next tier, I like. I got Wentz, Heineke, Tua, and Daniel Jones. I'm not really attached to anyone in that second tier, you know, more so over the other. I think it's all fairly close between them. Moral of the story, go get Cam Newton. Yeah, Cam Newton for sure handled 36% of the design rushing attempts. You know, so it's just like what you said. Essentially, you're getting Jalen Hurts. You could call it light, but there's a chance that, you know, Carolina throws the ball more than the Eagles, which means if Cam stays that involved on the ground and he carries more upside on a weekly basis as far as how many passing attempts he may have. And you could also make an argument that this is a, you know, it's, it's probably close. I mean, I would take DJ Moore as my top option over anything the Eagles have. You know, Devonta Smith's still young, obviously. Um, I would definitely give the nod to, to Jalen as far as Dallas Goddard goes over what they have at tight end. But Robbie's a nice deep threat. So I think Cam, at a minimum, we know Cam has way better weapons than what he had in New England last yeah. year, right? Like, this is a major upgrade for him. So, yeah, seeing him finish as the QB4 on the week so far heading into Monday night, like, I'm just, I'm not surprised by it at all. And I agree. I think he absolutely stands alone. In fact, if you need a quarterback, if you've been streaming, like this is it. Like I would not, I wouldn't be shy about putting a ton on cam. Like I'd put whatever I thought I needed to put on him to get him. And if you're say in first place or second place, and you're looking down at a third or a fourth place team below you, that's got a kind of nice roster, except they waited on quarterback and they could be grabbing cam. I would get defensive I would not let another really good team in my um, fantasy league get their hands on Cam Newton if they don't have a good quarterback already. If they've already got a good quarterback and will be their backup, it'd be your backup, and you want to throw a bid out, great. But if you see that like they're sitting there having to stream between these other guys we're talking about, like Daniel Jones and Heineke, you need to block them from Cam Newton unless you've just got, you know, if you've got other issues that you've got to take care of, we get it. But on this week, like you said, Ian, there's not a ton to talk about here. Like, and we're, we're into crunch time. So, yeah, I think he's at the top. As far as the other guys, um, look, Heineke, the key with him, like, is just all the scrambling. You know, yeah. I mean, he's got a 9% scramble rate. That's that's one of the better marks, you know, on the season. Um, so, with that, and, it's in, you know, he should be getting healthier as far as his weapons go, right? So, I mean, Terry McLaurin, you know, is playing well. But all year we've had Diamond Brown in and out of the lineup. We've had Curtis Samuel out of the lineup. We've been without Logan Curtis Thomas finally on. got back to practice on Friday. He still didn't yeah. play, but maybe, just maybe, Dwayne, we're finally going to see him out here. Yeah, so, I mean, overall, like, if his weapons get healthier and you get this rushing floor with him, um, Heineke is probably the, the guy I would put next just because Wentz – I think Wentz is the better quarterback, Ian, like in real life. But I think Heineke is probably the better option in fantasy right now by a slight tick just because of the rushing floor. And we know what you just said. Like, there's going to be plenty of games where the Colts just don't need, you know, to throw the ball. And we know they're willing to run it or they're willing to stay really balanced. So I would say it would be Heineke. Then it would be Wentz, then Tua, then Jones. And Tua and Jones are close. Like, Jones, I give the edge on, you know, um, you know his weapons. 
but two, I give the edge on the more recent performances, right? Yeah. Don't, Jones has just struggled here, you know, as of late. Obviously, he was on bye this past week, but it's just not what we saw early in the season when we were seeing some of those big fantasy points. He, do, he does get plenty of the rushing action. He gets 14% of the design rushing attempts on the season. That's, that's a really strong number for a quarterback. Um, so, I mean, he'll give you some upside there, too. I'd be down to maybe swap Tua and Daniel Jones, depending on how Jones looks uh, on Monday night. We will see how that works. Again, people, Cam Newton, above all else, go get him after that. I'll give Dwayne the nod here, Taylor Heineke as our next most recommended streamer, then Carson Wentz, then Tua, then Daniel Jones. Dwayne, before we get to running back, though, let's talk about a potential wild card down the stretch. We had this conversation a few weeks ago, but they haven't gone that direction. That is for everyone's favorite positionless player and my favorite I mean probably your least favorite because we play fantasy football Taysom Hill we had all this weird contract talk in the offseason with the void years and this and that now we've got an update here on Monday basically the Saints are giving him a four-year 40 million dollar deal to continue to be the all-around gadget player that he's already been but there's a lot more money he could make if he ends up becoming the QB1 now at this point he has not worked as the QB1 when Breeze got hurt and they had Teddy there. He briefly did when Jameis was there and then he lost the job to Jameis before this season started. And then Trevor Simeon got the job, even though Taysom was healthy at least a couple weeks ago to feasibly be that guy as well. So I'm not super sure what the chances are of Taysom, you know, ever winning this job back. Simeon pretty hysterically uh, has been putting up some fancy points over the past two weeks. Dwayne, get this. PFFs. Dead last graded quarterback in PFF passing grade in quarters one through three. Number one in quarter four. Just like what everyone thought Jalen Hurts' experience was. Like, that really is Trevor Simeon on crack here the last two weeks. But yeah, with Taysom, I guess the question is like, does this contract make you think that they give him more of an audition to be the QB1 by the end of the year? Because we saw what that looks like in the four-game stretch in 2020 where we could essentially be getting someone that, again, if we get that rushing workload, he would have a Cam Newton-esque ranking here down the stretch. I mean, maybe, but the way I read this is it's like there's almost more of an incentive to not make him that unless they really think like he's better, right, than Trevor Simeon. Because if he does play more quarterback, it looks like his money goes up. Right. Um, so, I mean, he still gets this guaranteed money as the all around gadget player to your to your point. But the more he plays quarterback, the more it's going to cost the Saints. So I think it's pretty interesting. Um, we'll have to see. I, you know, I released him off a couple of teams last week just because I had some really tough spots where I had to make a decision and I didn't want to drop like a backup running back and, and some other things like that. So. I mean, I think if, if it's something where there's nothing else on your wire and, and you've got deep benches and you want to speculate a little bit, I think it's fine if you want to have Taysom Hill. I'm just not making him a priority right now. No, I think that's fair. And if you look at their schedule coming up, I mean, it's not bad, but I wouldn't say it's something that we need to be like overly freaking out about. Short week, and then they got the Bills on Thanksgiving. I don't really think they make the switch before that. Then next Thursday, we got the Cowboys. After that, Jets, Buccaneers, Dolphins, and Panthers. So, yeah, that Jets defense and Cowboys game, those could be decent spot starts, but I don't think Buccaneers and Panthers, two of the final three, is all that great. I think you said it best, Dwayne. If you can, if you have the extra spot, if you you know have a need at quarterback, go ahead and get, get Taysom. We do have have that high upside just realize that it's not a given and you know you're probably right Dwayne like if it comes down to now hey we gotta put Taysom Hill in the game and cost ourselves money that we now have to pay him more might be even more reason not to really go down that road 
Moving on to running back, really the biggest potential ad of the week is in regards to this New York Jets backfield because unfortunately Michael Carter suffered a low grade high ankle sprain. He's expecting to miss two to three weeks per ESPN's Adam Schefter. Dwayne to sleeps Ty Johnson and Tevin Coleman tentatively. We could always see a third party come in as we've seen around the league with some of these situations. It looks like Ty Johnson should have the is, more Is Dontrell Hilliard out there again on wires I yet? was about you know, to say or, one or, of these guys. <laughs> I'm only I'm only happy when it's Duke Johnson uh, coming in and taking away some of the work, but that's not going to happen here uh, with the Jets. So uh, we have Ty Johnson seemingly being the more fantasy friendly pass down back. Tevin Coleman getting more of the early down work. Again, we'll see exactly what happens with practice squad elevations and this or that. But Dwayne, right now, where do you kind of see both these guys falling? And do you think Ty Johnson is someone worthy of blowing your last bit of fab on? I think Ty Johnson is the one I prefer just because I know he's he's shown that he can handle the passing down work and the early down work. So I would expect him, I expect them to probably share the load on the ground, Ian. Um, and it might be as close as 50-50 if they don't get someone else involved. But I think you'll see Ty Johnson handle um, the long down and distance, the two-minute offense, all those things that we've seen him do that they like him in that role for. Um, so yeah, I think you prioritize Ty Johnson man, like just drop in the rest of your fab at this point, like, you know, we're, we're so late in the season. It's like, I really honestly, more than what players are available. I really trust like, you know, the fantasy managers, right. That are listening to this to know, like, is it that point for their team? Yeah. You know, that they've just got to get this done. Like, you know, or is it again, it could it be a blocking thing where you just know your opponent is really hurting and you want to make sure they don't get anything else from a pure talent standpoint, from a pure situation standpoint. It's not something that I get super excited about. But to be fair, we saw Ty Johnson putting up, you know, top 36 running back finishes when it was just him and, um, you know, Carter. And now yeah. it's going to be just him and Coleman. So we could see Johnson in a little bit bigger role. So I do think you got to look at him as a, you know, a low end RB2, you know, probably for these next few weeks. Um, and what is this? Three, two to three weeks. So, I mean, that'll put us week 12, 13, 14. So, and then most people's fantasy championships are probably week 16. So you're like two weeks away from there. Um, yeah, I mean, if if you really need a back, and look, there's been enough injuries, you really could need one. Like, basically every back we've drafted in the first round has been hurt at some point this season. So, yeah, I mean, if it's something where you know that this gets you through until you get a Kamara back or until you get, you know, an Aaron Jones back, then go for it. Small chance we see LaMichael P. Ryan get elevated and end up being that third guy in the rotation, but he only has one rush attempt on the year, to your point, Dwayne. We've seen them when Tevin Coleman has been out. They have been comfortable making this a two-back committee. Hopefully they continue to do the same here without Michael Carter for a few weeks. The situation that we have ignored all season long is at least to get our attention here for a couple of minutes. The Houston Texans running backs. Hear me out, people. Mark Ingram is in New Orleans. We all know that. And then they brought up Scotty Phillips. Well, he is now on injured reserve. And then last week, Philip Lindsay played just two snaps, leading to Rex Burkhead and David Johnson to be horrific with their opportunities, but they did get a lot of opportunities. So, Dwayne, we love volume. 
there might be a chance that David Johnson and Rex Burkhead will be getting more volume moving forward. With that said, I don't think we can trust this at all. We've seen this backfield several times this year start to do this. We saw Lindsey take a step back, David Johnson go up, they got rid of Ingram, and then they just flipped the thing on its head. And this is all, once again, I think it's like we're just getting a repeat of what happened the first time the Texans won all the way back in week one, where they randomly had positive game script and that led to all these touches for a backfield that we never really see get that many touches otherwise. And oh, guess what? Both times, none of them showed off the upside that should even warrant a starting spot to begin with. So Dwayne continues to be, no, screw this backfield. Yeah, you, dude, like I couldn't have said it any better. I don't need to say anything else. Like what you said about week one versus what we saw this last week and the fact that it's just not predictable um, given the way that they've handled these backs and they haven't given us any sort of clear indication as to who has what role. Absolutely. And that is officially the last time we will probably talk about 2021 Houston Texans RBs. Happy uh, <laughs> happy y'all tuned in for that one. All right, Dwayne, we talked about Ty Johnson, but what about Devontae Freeman? He actually still does have the procedural percentage where he you know, qualifies for this list as being available. I get it if he's not in a lot of your guys' leagues. I wouldn't expect him to be in most 12-team leagues. But if you're an 8-man, if you're in a 10-man, I think we could be looking at the best running back out of this group. Like Freeman versus Ty Johnson, I think I would take Freeman moving forward. He sure has the looks of a weekly low-end RB2 after we saw Latavius Murray come back into action and not get his old job back yeah and that's the key i like freeman is really a rest of the season could could he end up you know devolving into a into a different kind of rotation here could we see you know williams all of a sudden get more involved could we see murray all of a sudden next week flip-flop with him yeah but i mean all we can do is go on the the data that we have and right now the trend tells us that freeman is the guy he's handled 58 percent of the snaps three consecutive weeks and that's leading the team 50 percent of the rushing attempts each of the last two weeks and the, the other great thing for him is he's really been out there, like as far as his routes go, they have been increasing routes per drop back, 56%, 32%, 51%, targets, 8, 11, and 17%. So those are all healthy numbers, and he's out there uh, in the two-minute offense. He's handling all of that, which they actually run a little bit more of this year because they're passing the ball 12% more uh you know, per play, not per play, but 12%, you know, um, above their 50% last year. So last year they threw the ball 50%. This year they're on pace to throw the ball 62% of the time. So that's where the 12% came from. That was way too confusing for how easy that should have been. But anyway, uh, so yeah, as far as Freeman, I do, I do like him because he does seem to have a, a lock on these certain roles. And I think he is the lead back in the offense. And I like that they've really taken it down to two guys, Ian. It's not three anymore. It's really two backs, and then there's always a third, right, because you have the quarterback, whether it's Huntley or Lamar Jackson. Um, so it's still it's still a split, you know, three ways. But when it's four, it's like it's just absolutely unusable. At this point, it's good enough, and the offense is solid enough that you can get some nice finishes like what we've seen from Freeman. He's been PPR back 11, 30, and then 9 so far this week before Monday night. Got to love that. Two other quick situations. Jeff Wilson is everywhere, but I don't think we're getting another Jeff Wilson week here. He had 19 carries and two targets. If Elijah Mitchell is again sidelined with the finger, okay, we'll be right back into a usage-based, you know, RB2 
regardless of your fantasy format. It just seemed like that Wilson, or Mitchell, excuse me, who was listed as doubtful going the last week, but all throughout the week, the doctors and Shanahan were even saying that he had a chance to play. So it didn't strike me as a multi-week injury. You know, we'll keep our eye, we'll keep our eyes out, ears open and all that. So Jeff Wilson, he's someone where hopefully we have, you know, an extra nugget Tuesday or Wednesday before you have to go get your waiver claim in. Keep an eye out for that, you know, see what that first press conference is. If Shanahan says, hey, it's the same thing as last week and, you know, we're going to have to take it up to game time with Mitchell, that's when I think you can feel a little bit more confident going after Jeff Wilson. And then another injury-induced situation. We got Jordan Howard expected to miss week 12 with a knee injury. Dwayne, we don't really want to mess around with Boston Scott or Kenneth Gamewell, though, right? To me, if anything, this is like more, you know, appeal to start Miles Sanders. Yes. But we're still an injury away from even coming close to starting Scott or Gamewell. Yeah, that's where I'm at, too. I think this is mostly just a positive for Sanders. And, and if folks want to hear more about this backfield split, we broke it down like in depth last night. We talked about it before the Howard injury and after the Howard injury um, or, and, and before the Miles Sanders fumble and after the Miles Sanders fumble. So if folks want to hear more about it, they can. But it does sound like you know Howard could be out up through their bye week, so which is week 14, meaning week 15 would be when he returns. So this could be a nice bump for Sanders. I do think Scott is the next back to really get a little bit more work, um, but it's not something where you're super excited. Like I think he's worth you know going and grabbing on the wire if you're in a really deep format and he's not already gone. Um, Gainwell, I don't know how you trust. Like just he hasn't been someone we can trust in weeks and weeks and weeks, even when he's had more opportunity at times. I haven't trusted him from day one, man. He's a running back that wears <laughs> number fourteen. Like what do you want from me here? You want me to yeah, take how do you that? Trust that. Want me to take yeah. that leap of faith? It's like you said, Dwayne. We can't trust guys that have two first names, and we can't trust running backs that wear 14. Those are just <laughs> uh, the rules we live by. Again, those running backs that we want to skew up on the waiver wire. First and foremost, go get Devontae Freeman, the Ravens established RB1. After that, Ty Johnson. After that, Jeff Wilson. Just keep an eye out on that 49ers backfield. If Elijah Mitchell is going to miss another week, that could be a situation where we're going with Wilson over Ty Johnson. And then really don't worry about these Eagles or Texans. And running backs, please do us a personal favor, people, and do not worry about them. Dwayne, quickly here with the wide receivers. We got Elijah Moore as the number one ad. He's been on this for like five straight weeks. People don't need to hear us keep barking about him, but go get the freaking guy if he does happen to be on your waiver wire, as Dwayne brought up in our PFF Fantasy Football Podcast review of all the Week 11 afternoon games. He actually finally got the full-time role that we've been waiting for, got ahead of Jamison Crowder on the depth chart, and even before he did that, he's ripped off four straight top 36 finishes in full PPR scoring. So gotta love Elijah Moore. Weekly upside wide receiver three here moving forward. After him, Traquan Smith snaps up every single game. Targets on the rise. Trevor Simeon being competent enough to seemingly make him a potential wide receiver three. Worst case, you know, decent enough flex option moving forward. After that, I think we got MVS, Robbie Anderson, and maybe Nick Westbrook-Akini over in Tennessee. Although the AJB uh, extra is on his chest for now. Negative. So Robbie and MVS and even Westbrook, I think, like we know what we're getting here. It's five, six, hopefully five or six targets, and you're hoping that one of them goes for a long touchdown. If not, you're probably gonna be pretty disappointed with the box score by the end of things. So Dwayne, are you are you pretty good with this group? Again, nothing too new going on, but Elijah Moore, Traquan Smith, those are the guys that could actually help you here for the rest of the season. Everyone else, more of just a random flex villain. Yeah, I would say it's more, and then the only other player I would throw out there, this real borderline. That we don't have on this list is Darnell Mooney. Um, he's owned right at 50%, a little okay. over 50. So he probably missed like, 
you know, your cut in, but I think yeah. it's really close. So I would put him after more. Although, I mean, like 60% of his yards this last week came off of the yak on one catch. But it is two weeks in a row where he's caught a touchdown. He's led the team in targets every single week. So, And he's a guy that's also been on the injury report pretty much the whole season, but hasn't been the last couple of weeks. So it's like maybe he's just now healthy. Things could be starting to click a little bit. I don't want to say starting to click for the Bears offense. That would just be a complete <laughs> lie to the audience. So I don't want to say that. But maybe we could hope that the Bears offense would maybe start to click a little bit more but the bottom line is young player explosive could lead his team in targets that's the kind of thing that we're willing to invest in even if he's on a crappy team just like what we're dealing with with Elijah Moore kind of a similar situation we have, we like more more but I would put Mooney behind him and then I think yeah the rest of the order that you've got there is right where I would put it I think Smith would be after that and then the trio MVS Robbie and uh, Westbrook Akini. Great call with Mooney. Number one, Elijah Moore. Number two, Darna Mooney. And number three, Traquan Smith. Go get them, everyone. And yeah, with that Bears offense, fun stat I found today while writing my QB predictions article, the single lowest rate of uh, routes run where the receiver is considered open or wide open this year belongs to the Chicago Bears. Matt Nagy, gonna Matt Nagy. Gotta hate that. <laughs> Quickly get through these tight ends. I know we got Travis Kelsey, Zach Ertz on by. People will be looking to scoop someone up. So again, this is a good chance, people, just to let you guys know some of your options out there. If you want to use that promo code fantasy get a pff sub you can see our rankings throughout the week because i've had some people say like hey listen to the podcast but you know i had like doubt they had like dow scott or someone that's a consensus top 10 tight end on their waiver wire and we don't talk about them so it's like look these are the guys that we think will be on most waiver wires that you should go get again these are not the top streaming options period you can go see our top ranking options there uh, to figure out what it might be on a more personal level in your league again code fantasy gets you 25 percent off any pff subscription and i just think it gives you the best blend of all this information we are trying to give you so you know we can all win our fantasy leagues unless of course you're in the same one with the fellow listener and then hopefully you guys tie or something i don't know you're putting me in a tough situation here so <laughs> moving right along to these tight ends. Logan Thomas is set to practice this week. Uh, you know, we got everyone's favorite new 100% tight end, you know, Bates waiting in the wing, if not, but it does seem like Logan Thomas. If we can get clarification that he's ready, he's coming for the full-time role and there's not going to be a snap count, I think he should be everyone's go-to waiver ad at tight end for this week. After him, we got Dan Arnold. I know, the goose egg. We saw it. You know, everyone saw it. Your neighbor who doesn't even watch football probably heard about it, but Tight end two, tight end 12, tight end eight, the three weeks before the goose egg. Hey, as we saw with Hawkinson and Mike Desicki, it's not like a guy goose eggs and just ceases to exist in fantasy moving forward. Don't be afraid to go back to well against the Falcons. After him, we got Pat Fryermuth. Ebron came back, and we got the touchdown-dependent tight end, too. He does score a touchdown, though, as we saw last week. Still getting fed targets from Ben in this past heavy offense. Also got Adam Troutman, number one target getter for Trevor Simeon. And we've had Jawan Johnson be a healthy scratch in two of the last three weeks. And finally, we have Cole Komet, who has the every-down roll, but got out-targeted by no-trade clause man himself, Jimmy Cl Jimmy Graham. And I almost called him Jimmy Claus. That's a good one. <laughs> I should go with Jimmy Claus. Jimmy Claus. Jimmy yes, Claus. Jimmy Cla there is a clause, and his name is Jimmy. So, and it's, <laughs> it's also it's also nearly Christmas, so it all works. Jimmy Claus. 
But yes, and no, don't touch Cole Komet or Jimmy Claus this week, people. Please uh, don't do that. So, Dwayne, again, Logan Thomas, if fully cleared after that, I would probably go Dan Arnold, Pat Fryermuth, Adam Troutman. What say you? I, I really like, I'm, I'm most, I feel the best about Logan Thomas if he's healthy. He's the guy that will have yes. the full time role. I, you could switch the next three, and I wouldn't necessarily disagree with you. I agree. Yeah, it is. It's Logan Thomas at the very top if we get him if we get him fully cleared because we know that most likely he's going to be in a full time role. Um, now they could rotate him a little bit once they have everybody healthy, but we'll you know it's not something we've seen from them so far. Of course, they haven't had a chance. Every time you know one of these guys goes down, like the next guy steps in, but they haven't all been healthy together. Um, so, but I would put Logan Thomas just based on track record at the top. Plus, they paid him. Um, then I would say it is Dan Arnold next, just because we know he's up over the 80% route threshold. And look, you get goose eggs from these players from time to time. We talked about it last night on the show. We had seen it from TJ Hawkinson in week 10, but the underlines were still there. What happens? In week 11, he comes back and he has multiple catches. That's just kind of the way it works. Sometimes you have goose eggs. We hate them. Yes, we don't like them, <laughs> but you got to live with them sometimes. So Arnold would be my second. And then I would say um, I would probably go Fryermuth just because like they've even though his routes aren't where we want him, the targets per route run have been so good. Troutman's really in a similar situation, um, but I like I like the Steelers' you know passing offense still slightly better. Um, you know, it's not like there's a big difference between them and the Saints, but I like the Steelers' passing offense overall just a little bit better than the Saints. And then yeah, Komet like he had really come on like he had gotten five to six targets for like four or five weeks in a row, and then he comes out and you know struggled this last week. But his routes also dropped, so that's the reason that I didn't include him. I, I have him a little bit lower than these other guys. He was only out there for sixty eight percent of the dropbacks this last week. Jesse James was more involved than normal. So some of that could have been game script because things were so close and the Bears weren't just getting destroyed. So we could see Komet easily bounce back, but I think this order's good. Got it. Love that. Again, people, the tight end streamer list for week 12, Logan Thomas, number one, as long as he is fully cleared and good to return. Then Dan Arnold, then Pat Fryermuth, then Adam Troutman, finally Cole Komet, but try to avoid that one. Also got Tyler Conklin in some leagues still available. I would scoop him up over that at that point. And remember that code fancy I told you all to use. Well, forget that because we have an even better deal. Cyber 40 for 40% off any sub PFF site-wide sale. Guy, I love that. All the locked article content, all the player rankings, everything I just said before, but instead of 20% off, you get 40 with code Cyber40. Great day to be great. And also, great day to go check out Manscaped who just launched a new product, including their all-new ultra-premium body wash and a two-in-one shampoo and conditioner. It's time to give yourself or someone who needs it the gift of beautiful skin, hair, and balls this holiday season. Go to manscaped.com and use code PFF for 20% off and free shipping. Tis the season to load up on Manscaped products. So get yourself, your dad, your brother, and friends the best gift of all, the Manscaped Performance Package 4.0. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code PFF at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com and use code PFF. And also, try and get some Thanksgiving skin in the game. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code PFF and bet just $1 on any Thanksgiving NFL game and win $100 in free bets if either team scores a point guess what it's a fancy way of giving you a hundred dollars to start off your account so that's promo code pff this thanksgiving at DraftKings sportsbook an official sports betting partner of the nfl must be 21 or older new jersey indiana pennsylvania only new customers only restrictions apply to DraftKings.com. sportsbook for details gambling problem called 1-800 gambler 
And finally, want to hear about Chris Collinsworth or old playing days or behind the scenes with Allen Sunday Night Football? How about a need to know for your financial future? Now you can ask about either or both, and every football or financial question you ask earns you a chance to win a cater party for February's big game, courtesy of our sponsors over at Western Southern. So check out the Chris Collinsworth podcast and Western Southern's Instagram for answers to the best questions each week. You can submit your questions at westernsouthern.com slash Chris. One more time, that's westernsouthern.com slash Chris. If you're watching on YouTube, check out the link in the description below. Remember, Western Southern, you can rest assured on game day. Dwayne, we have completed week 12 of waiver wire goodness. We'll be right back tomorrow with plenty of game-by-game previews for what figures to be another great slate. Anything else you will get off your chest? No, man. I think we are in good shape, as are the listeners. Good, great. What's the difference when we're just winning or doing some shit? I don't know. For Dwayne, I'm Ian. Thank you as always for tuning in. Until next time, take care, everybody.